0: What have you got there, mate? Just a glass of wine.
1: Alright, right. How is it?
0: It's alright, I guess. I mean, obviously it's not really delicious like a pint from Beer 52.
1: Well, it's a good job that this episode of Podcast Secrets of the Pharaohs is sponsored by Beer 52, the world's number one beer club. With Beer 52, you'll receive a case of beer every month featuring craft beers
0: from all over the world, including Belgium, California, New Zealand and more.
1: As well as getting eight free beers, you'll also receive the award-winning magazine Ferment, as well as a couple of different snacks. Perfect for a night in, or... An innocent picnic in the park. For the last time, it was a picnic. You couldn't see the snacks. We had two different types of snacks. Best of all, you can pause or cancel your membership at any time, so you don't need to worry about the ombudsman coming to get you if you want to take a break from your membership.
0: So seriously, what are you waiting for? If you want to get started with a free case of beer, head to beer52.com forward slash peep to access your first case for free. Eight beers, Beer 52. Eight! That's insane. All you need to do is pay the £5.95 for postage. And don't worry if you're not a fan of dark beers, there is
1: a light option available. So that's beer52.com forward slash peep to get your first Beer 52 case for free.
0: Poor me. Poor me. pour me another glass from Beer 52.
1: Cheers. Cheers. Hello and welcome to podcast seeks the pharaohs, and more specifically, the Project Zeus Files, a patron exclusive series. My name's Rob Graham, and I'm joined as always by Tom Harrison. Hello. How are you doing, Tom? I'm very well, thank you. The sun is
0: shining, England uh, surging through Euro 2020.
1: Life is good. How are you? <laughs> yeah, I'm good. We should probably tell people that we're recording this on the, what is it, the 5th of July. England are about to play in the semi-final of the Euros. You're not going to hear this until after England have gloriously won Euro 2020 on Sunday. <laughs> um and if the uh, the worst should happen and England haven't won, then uh, this podcast won't be released and it will uh, <laughs> for, forever be uh, cast into our into the deep dark back catalogue somewhere. Uh, but yeah, I'm I'm all right. I'm not sure about the sunny weather. I'm looking out my window at the moment and it's it looks like a storm's brewing. The the British summer ha- hasn't quite lived up to its expectations just yet.
0: Mm, yeah, yeah, you always get that storm, don't you? After a week of good weather in this country, now I'm I'm enjoying it. Sun's been shining, especially my end
1: at least. Living the dream, aren't we? But um, mm. we're back this week with another episode, hot off the back of what three, three opening episodes of this series. We well, hope you've enjoyed them so far. I've had some good patron feedback from you. And, in fact, this week's suggestion was actually from one of our patrons in the USA, in Chicago. Jason Martin sent us a quick message, um, and he actually was on our Patreon special that we did back in the spring. So it was good to hear from from Jason again, and he got in touch with a few ideas that we could do for the Project Zeus file. So we're going to kick off this week with something that we've touched on before. I think on Twitter we did a, a World Cup based on this, and it's our favourite or least favourite or best or worst however you want to phrase it one-off one-episode characters and so what I thought I'd do in in preparation for this episode Tom and I sort of looked at the different one-episode characters that there are or, or one-off episode characters that there are and sort of made a list of our favourites and least favourites and one of the things that Tom said to me was that there really aren't that many one-episode or one-off characters mm-hmm. Tom tom looked through imdb i did a bit more digging so tom take a rough guess of how many you think there are i might have missed some here
0: well i tallied up in terms of like people that i was i would like be willing to like talk about with like any interest i came to about eight or nine i think by the end if you really added up some of the absolute who's um then i guess you could maybe get to double
1: that um so 20 yeah i think well i've definitely got more than 20 on this list my logic was that we made a world cup out of it so there must have been 32 to be able to get all of the different yeah yeah that's true however some of these i've missed some because i don't think i've got 32 on this list But some of these I don't think I could talk about for any length of time. But I did class them as a one episode character. So I'm just going to rattle off this entire list. Some of them you might chuckle at that I've even included them. There's no chronological order here. These are literally just um, as I I thought of them. So we've got the obvious ones. We've got Gog, Daryl, Valerie, Matt Townsend, Barney, Callie, Carla, Stephanie, Saz, Aurora, Lucy, Sally Slater and Foz, Gwynn, Heather, Jackie and Martin, Natalie, Mary, Michelle, Nim, Professor McLeish, the Orgazoid, the random burglar who's looking for Kenny, Celia, Stephen Strauss, and Dan Corrigan and Pam Corrigan. I got a bit bored when I got to the end of that. I'm sure there's probably more that I've missed. And some of them I appreciate. We're not going to do a whole episode talking about Barney or Nim, but they, they are one episode characters by the definition of them fair enough the only was is celia the life coach tutor yeah she is yeah
0: yeah she was the uh, that was the only name where i had to sort of you know e- extra thoughts to to place and as you were reading them my mind it was like a very strange like slideshow of all these characters like flickering before my eyes that was um quite a smorgasbord of uh of people <laughs> <show>
1: characters <laughs> I'm trying to think back to who won the World Cup when we did this. I feel like it was, I feel like it might have been Daryl. Like I, I'd have to, I'd have to check back through the Twitter archives. That, but that wouldn't surprise me. No, and it's really interesting because like I've definitely got my favourite one-off characters, or certainly like a, a top three of them. So, did you want to sort of start us off by sort of talking about the ones you feel are worthy of discussion? Maybe like your favourites or the biggest impact.
0: Yeah okay so I think I mean you mentioned Daryl um who probably won our um World Cup so he's definitely one I'd, I'd want to talk about um I liked that the main two that kind of stood up to me were Mark's dad and Jeremy's mum um just because they're they're one episode characters but we hear quite a lot about them beforehand so you get that you kind of have like a, a very minor connection to them or an impression of them before they arrive. And I feel like neither of them um, let the audience down. They're really sort of top-notch for very different reasons. Obviously, the impact Mark has is... Uh, Mark's dad has is quite negative, well, very negative. Um, whereas Jeremy's mum is, you know, she's sweet and kind and doesn't deserve the absolute shit of a son she has. So they were probably the two... Um, that stood out to me most, um, and I was flicking through just IMDb, like you say, like and as episode titles were hitting me, I was like, does a character like immediately come to mind? Um, and the other one was uh, Jerry from Series Nine, and I like Jerry. He, I guess he's technically not—he's not a yeah, a single episode character, actually, is he? So I'm slightly bending the rules. But the reason I like Jerry is because. There's that fantastic, I think it's the first episode, isn't it? The William Morris years where Jerry's moved in as after Jez has moved out. And you get the sense of like Jerry is, you know, imagine like Mark sort of sees Jerry as Jez sees Mark. It's just like that one step further down the, um, <laughs> like down the spectrum um, and, you know, Jess puts up so much with Mark um, from like all the academic sort of nonsense that he just doesn't care about. And then Mark actually kind of gets a taste of it himself when Jerry moves in. I just find that funny.
1: Yeah, I have to say I'd completely forgotten about Jerry because I, because I think he isn't a one episode character. I'd, no, I'd, li- no. I'd literally gone by the re- by the definition of it because I think when you start treading on whether he is a one episode character or not, you then... He's in two, like, Big Mad Andy's in, like, two, isn't he? Or two or three. Like... Yeah. It's... Uh, like, I didn't throw Big Mad Andy into the mix. I think, going back to your earliest point about about Dan um, and... Um, pa- is it Pam? Oh, Jeremy's yeah. one Jackie. No, Jeremy's one oh, Jackie, isn't Yeah,
0: three? yeah. Yeah,
1: yeah um, I think, yeah, what makes them so great as one-episode characters is, like you said, they have... Especially... Um, Mark's dad has a big impact on the plot without really being in, you know full well what he's going to be like as a character, and he's arguably worse than you imagined he was ever going to be. But you know him as a character way, way, way before you meet him. You've obviously had the picture painted by Mark, you know what Mark is like, and people are products of their parents more often than not, so you do have an image and a maybe not physically what he's going to look like, but at least, like, in terms of his personality, what he's going to be like. Um, and I think, yeah, just from the impact that one character has on one single episode, I I would agree, From if that's the criteria, that we can't look past Dan as the most impactful one-episode character because he just dictates that entire story. I think slightly from the other side, like like Jackie is very similar in terms of we know a lot about her before we meet her. We obviously meet her two series earlier than we meet Mark's dad. Maybe even three series earlier. Like we meet her in series four, don't we? Or series five? Um,
0: no, I think it's series five, actually. Oh, yeah. So five. So
1: it's still a couple of series before we meet Mark's dad, but it offers us such great insight. It's the first... Family member of Jeremy's, other than his uncle Ray, that we've that we've had anything to do with, so it gives us a great insight into what Jez is like as a character, where he's yeah come from. exactly yeah I think they they almost have
0: an unfair advantage in fairness um, the parents because like you say Mark's dad in particular is built up from series one and then we finally see him towards the end of series seven so he has this like like this sort of his own lore behind him it's um he's a fascinating guy that's been built up in mark's head who obviously with the internal monologue that does a huge amount because a lot of the references to dan come from quicker sides in mark's monologue like um He's talking about, I can't remember the exact line, but that there's something horrible going on and it, it just triggers to him. It's like, mm, must call dad. And it's like just those little things where you, you kind of build up piece by piece like what this guy is going to be like. And he certainly doesn't disappoint because he he doesn't even have that much screen time in that seasonal beatings episode. It's, it's just so well executed because I think, Perhaps they could have gone overboard and made it sort of the Dan show, but they kind of, you know, sometimes less is more. And I think he hits very hard with sort of a few punches <laughs> and, uh, and really leaves a, a lasting impression.
1: And I think because Peep Show is such a series of the middle ground and like Mark is so middle ground, Jeremy has his moments where he's sort of on the extreme end, obviously Hans is, but, like, nothing ever particularly extreme happens to either of them, and then Mark's dad comes in and makes some of the worst comments that you hear, the most offensive comments, he's incredibly derogatory about Dobby, like, even little things like, his overall tone is just so acerbic towards everybody that he talks to in that entire episode, he just, he even though Mark is arguably pretty terrible in that episode, he makes Mark seem quite reasonable in his behaviour because of the way that he sort of he makes the comment to Dobby about putting a muzzle on your woman, Um, he gets really cross uh, about the MG, Um, he's very sort of controlling of Mark's mum in the sense of like not letting her drink, he refers to the shredder as like a Nancy boy shredder. Like he's just incredibly just, he reminds me a lot. <laughs> he reminds me a lot of like my grandpa in the fact that like, he will basically <laughs> just say what he wants, be quite offensive. He can be a little bit brutal with some of the stuff he says and doesn't really realize quite how offensive he's coming out.
0: Mm, it's funny you mentioned that because you kind of, what I like about both of of Dan and, and Jackie coming in is they basically reveal so much about why Mark and Jez are the way they are. And you, it's funny making that comparison of Dan and your own grandpa is that you kind of... There's that sort of common joke of, like, old people's rights of, like, just being able to sort of say what's on your mind and sort of getting away with it. And you do wonder, like, if we revisited, you know, that you know, the potential of a series 10 and Sam and Jesse and David and Rob like joked about, you know, in 10 years, like we go back and see them as old men. Mark would be a dangerous guy. Imagine if Mark just said out loud all of the things that we get access to in his internal monologue. I think he's perhaps more like his dad than uh, than he perhaps would realise, which would come as quite a shocking revelation. I think you kind of, you can tell that he strives to not come that
1: um but I, th- I think he probably wouldn't be that far off and I do wonder how many people at that Christmas party or the Christmas dinner would have been sort of the the woke lefty liberals who would have shut uh Mark's dad up and actually said no what you're saying is really offensive you're gonna mm. get I'm not I'm not sure a, a, an old retired um whatever he did I don't know what his profession was um can get cancelled but I'm sure that mark's dad would have been pretty close to getting cancelled if uh, if uh, if he was around in 2021 but yeah, yeah i think i think yeah in in terms of the impact they have for very different reasons because actually jeremy's mum the impact she has on the plot is, is just as much as mark's dad does but actually through her absence as much as anything and through her lack of saying anything and and stopping jeremy saying or doing what he wants to do she has a massive impact on the rest of that episode because Jeremy is just able to behave exactly how he likes. Mm, And it's interesting, that episode with Jackie,
0: it's more about, um, is it Martin, her boyfriend, that comes in and he kind of almost steals a bit of focus because then it becomes about Mark wanting to do the memoir and Jez's reaction to, you know, Martin being the new boyfriend so Jackie almost takes a, like, not a secondary role as such, but probably not far off, because the conflict com- becomes, like, centres around Martin, and Jackie just kind of... I just, I, I love Jackie. I wish we'd saw more of her, to be honest, because it's just fascinating watching Jez regress around her, and she still treats him like the, you know, 10-year-old that is, you know, we learn that's when Jez's dad left, and... um it's a fascinating relationship between those two, as horrible as Jeremy is to her. I mean, it's appalling the way he behaves, but it's yeah, I think it just goes back to that thing about we, these characters are so key as to like why Mark and Jez are the way they are, so they kind of shape the show, you know, off screen almost. Um, so yeah, it's fascinating,
1: yeah. And I took a slightly different angle when I was looking at the one off characters, obviously, I made sort of a fairly comprehensive list and the two that really stick out to me in terms of just i think and i think it helps that they come in the same episode are gog and daryl and yes, yeah i'd agree i i want to caveat that i don't think that daryl as a character mm. as the character of daryl before people start messaging in about it like obviously his views and his political opinions are despicable and They are not the views of Podcast Secrets, The Pharaohs, and blah blah blah. This this energy drink may cause anal bleeding. (laughs) Um but as a as a comedy um influence and the way they they interact with the two main characters in that episode is just fantastic. Like Gog watching this show back when I first watched it. I used to think Gog was such a knob, and then I realised that's why he's such a great character, is because mm. he just brings Jeremy down to size so unbelievably, and the fact that Jeremy does everything he can to basically like, try and belittle him, and that's Jeremy taking his chance to be the big man and to be the sort of the alpha male in in a in a in a life where, as Big Sue says, he's he's a bottom feeder, like. He 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 manages it for about ten seconds with Gog before Gog actually walks all over him and bosses him for the rest of the episode. I think Gog, Gog's brilliant. And I think from a from not from the same angle, but I think Daryl's impact, because it is the closest we see Mark to actually I mean the episode uh on, the episode is following. I always get it confused with the Mark makes a friend, because I always think that the friend that Mark makes is Daryl, and actually the friend that Mark makes is Johnson and it's like the episode mm. before isn't it um but like he's he's the closest Mark has to somebody he should get on with like he has all the same interests he has the same views on quite a lot of stuff and it's only when his views start to get a bit more well, I say a bit more a lot more extreme that we suddenly realize that he's he's a bit of a wrong one but actually the things that Mark holds dear and the things that Mark holds important are actually what Daryl Darryl wants. And he's not somebody who is worried about being on the fringes of the the society or the culture. And I think at that stage, in the early days of Mark, I don't think Mark is either. I don't think Mark's social awareness and that sort of like striving to be above the social strata that he's in comes until a little bit later when he's a bit more of a fully formed character. So I think that, that Daryl's impact on Mark is what makes him such a great one-episode character.
0: Yeah, I think what we like about Daryl is that he he becomes by the end... What I like is that you know it's not immediately apparent like what Daryl's truly like. He just comes across as quite a normal bloke who's up for a laugh and just so happens to like the same things that Mark does and they quite cleverly peel back over the course of you know, only, you know, less than half an hour of these episodes, and by the end of it, you kind of have this sort of almost like a monster um, saying and doing, like, all of these horrible things and expressing these beliefs, and it's that realisation that Mark has that, oh, Christ, like, these are the sorts of people that I attract as as friends. Like, he's obviously his best friend, who's a, a screw-up, hangs around with people like Hans, whether they're sort of, like, you know he's just kind of around because of Jez, but he also attracts Johnson who's a a screw up in his own way admittedly successful in certain ways but so screwed up in others like these are the people that Mark ends up attracting and relating to so I guess it's not that surprising that Daryl turns out to be sort of the way he is but I think the way that they go about it is is excellent and the fact that Gog is also in that same episode that's why I think that Jeremy makes it episode is one of the best people show episodes ever is because there's so much crammed into it and none of it suffers there are clever you know they, they overlap in interesting ways towards the end with the music and the, the core on as Daryl plays um, and I just think it's a fascinating sort of character development in 25 minutes I think it's it's brilliant Um, and then going to Gog, I I get, I think I like Gog the same way that I kind of like Jeremy's mum Jackie is because Jez regresses and he becomes the school bully again. But of course, Gog, while he might've suffered 10, 15 years ago, whatever, he's now the sort of semi big shot running his own is it an ad agency or something so he can actually kind of call the shots and the moment he has a chance to boss jez around it's you know he's petty and vindictive like mark and he, he decides to take revenge and it's it's very sweet in the way that he does it there's quite a few sort of similarities to to gog and mark i think actually with the the infamous like i want a kebab i could definitely see you know mark doing that
1: yeah i i do- I think, like, we've touched on, like, the fact they're both in that same episode, and not only does it bring on a good character development, and like you said, in a 25-minute episode, the way that those single-episode characters are developed, but also because it's very early on in the series of Peep Show, the way that we learn so much more about Mark and Jez in that space of time, Mm. and, like, what is it, series one, episode four, five,
0: uh, no, this is series two, episode two.
1: I always think it's earlier. I always think it's in you're th- series you're one. You're getting
0: confused again. You even said it earlier. You are thinking about Mark makes a friend with Johnson. That's series one, episode four.
1: Yeah, but I'm thinking that the Jeremy makes it comes almost directly after that. But of course it doesn't no, because, no. N- because Nancy is in... Uh, yeah, it comes directly Jeremy after
0: makes the dance class. So, yes,
1: because yes, actually, yeah, they have that sort of two or three episodes at the beginning of series two, which are ap- absolute corkers, aren't they? Yeah, Those sort of are yeah. really highly rated. And I mean, w- we we can talk about Gorg and Daryl all day. I think when we we spoke to Doug, who actually hopefully is listening to this episode, but we talked to him in his capacity as uh, one of the Dobby Club um, admins, and he was basically saying that he thought that, that Daryl was right up there as one of the best characters, just from the impact that he has on Mark. Um, mm. But I think it's it, it's interesting to sort of as a whole as these one episode characters and as we've sort of discussed our list there are there are some of them that are on there that we can't really like there's there's no discussion to be had they they don't have enough of an impact but I think sort of we've got the the obvious four that we've talked about that have the biggest impact but I have to say that just from like. A one episode perspective and just enjoyment of their episode rather than necessarily them as a character. I love the the Callie episode, the Crystal Skulls episode. Um, yeah, it's funny you mentioned that because I I wanted to move on
0: to and give a shout out to a couple of others and Callie was going to be the one that I was going to mention. So I'm glad you brought her up.
1: Yeah, I just think she's like she's brilliant because she's so different from any other female character that we have. She's so yeah. like strong determined powerful knows what she wants is very much the alpha in the relationship that she has with jeremy and mark um and just offers something that's a little bit different um and not in quite the same way but i think carla i i know we've sort of discussed her when we when we did the jurying episode but i think her impact on jeremy and just from a sort of a a, a dark place, she has a really good um, impact. Again, I think it happens well because it's happening early on in the series and we're still developing Mark and Jeremy as characters.
0: Yeah, I, yeah, I think Carla's okay. I much prefer Callie. Really like Callie. Like you say, I, I just love the way that she just kind of knows what she wants. She doesn't take any bullshit and Mark and Jess are just so full of bullshit that she kind of just... Like, well, I mean she literally has her way with both of them and the, the moment where she's sort of evaluating their sexual performance is just absolutely priceless and the fact that Mark actually manages to get you know a level of one-upmanship up, one on Jeremy in a department that is so apparently you know that's where Jeremy excels is something that I'll never forget and the way that she just talks to them both Um and you actually think for a moment that her and Mark could be a, a good fit in you know this is prime in uh, Mark searching for the one um that, that run of episodes um and of course that crashes and burns when he realizes the you know the infamous crystal skulls so everyone's got to have their vice I guess and the crystal skulls is Callie's but um I think she's yeah like I, I agree that she's not like any other female character um that we'd seen before um just like the level of confidence out there um I just think Works particularly well set against Mark and Jez.
1: Yeah, and I think she she stands out. I think in a in an otherwise like series, um, series three is never one of those series that I always sort of would go back to and watch. But is she? No, she's not series three. is She she's series five. I'm m- messing her up with um, yeah with with Carla. Um, but series five isn't one of those series that I would naturally go back and watch all of the time. But actually, that episode. Is, is one of my favourites. I think possibly my favourite of that series.
0: Yeah, I think
1: the thing with Callie is that if she'd stuck around, I think she's the
0: closest thing to Johnson um, that we have. She's kind of like a female Johnson. And I think that would have been... Imagine if those two met. I mean, that would just be crazy if like Johnson got into the music game or something and she was then, you know, Jez's agent or something. Like imagine them trying to thrash out a deal or something. When an unstoppable
1: force meets an immovable object.
0: Yeah, it would be like that. I would find that fascinating. I kind of I'd never thought about that until now, but that would be some episode if they threw them together. Um, So I kind of yeah, kind of wish that that had happened, but I thought
1: I guess... you were gonna. I thought you were gonna say that um, what happens if they got together? And I thought we know that uh, Big Sue breaks up with with Johnson because he's looking for somebody more subservient on the internet. So I, I can't imagine that Callie would would tickle Johnson's pickle. Oh
0: no, is a relationship here yeah, that would be disastrous from the beginning. But I would love to just see them in the same room, and because they're very much no-nonsense, you know, the weak must make way for the strong, and they're, they're both kind of alphas, aren't they? So that would have been fascinating to see them play off each other.
1: Can't imagine her stopping Johnson mid, mid-sex and giving him some <laughs> tips. <laughs> well, I'm conscious that we're we are we're nearly 30 minutes into the, this episode, so whilst we've talked about the best one-episode characters, there are some that I... That, not because they're a bad impact on the episode is just because I don't like them as a, as a character. I think there are some of them that really, I just can't abide. And I've got three main ones. Some of them just maybe four main ones. There are some of them that just don't really have enough of an impact, but I would say the four that I, that I, that I can't stand are Saz. I don't think we need to discuss her really. Like it's fairly obvious.
0: (laughs) Saz
1: no I th-
0: I think Saz is all right I think she certainly d- you know as a one-off like that's just how it- I don't wish we'd seen more of Saz put it that way whereas compared to someone like Callie I wish we had seen more of um and other female characters like Stephanie I wish we'd seen more of but Saz is very much there's no real depth there she's just there to kind of help mark sort of rebound from the Sophie fiasco um, and she serves her purpose and you get a bit of a laugh on the way but there's, there's certainly
1: not much there no uh number two is Lucy again I don't think too much discussion <laughs> I think when we reviewed that episode I think we discussed about like she's just got no redeemable quality she's just a thoroughly unpleasant person yeah yeah I mean there's yeah, not much team. Yeah, you've you've picked unpleasant
0: people rather than particularly like bad characters because I say Lucy is she's certainly interesting, but yeah, you you quickly learn that she's just a horrible just a horrible person, and there's not actually that much nuance there. She is just flat out quite horrible, which is kind of like Saz as well, to be honest. The way she just uses Mark, whereas the kind of the beauty of Peep Show is that yeah, like Mark and Jez, even our main sort of heroes, quote. They're arseholes, but they're kind of, you know, they're nuanced and they're, they're flawed in various ways. Whereas Lucy is just straight up a horrible person. The way she refers to her friend about she kind of like does, ignores her call. It's like, oh, wow, wow. Like, I'm going to go take a bunch of pills. And you're just like, wow, you're just straight up like evil.
1: <laughs> yeah, I mean, yeah, I suppose I'm looking at them from like they're bad people rather than they're bad characters, because I don't think we know enough about any of these characters to say they're a bad like, a bad character within the story. Because the other one I was always... I think I talked about him at length in the episode was Gwyn. I think he's obviously, again... it's, It's hard to determine it, really, because ultimately these characters are meant to be characters that we're not meant to warm to, we're not meant to like. But these are genuinely, like, I detest Gwyn. I just think he's so... I don't know. I don't know whether it's the the sort of the the house by the lake and how pretentious he is, or just how much he gets under people's skin, or just like, all the stuff he says is obviously meant to wind us up. Like I'm not stupid. Like, but again, I think it's the lack of, like, actually, I suppose he's slightly more nuanced than than the Saz and uh, Lucy characters are. Like, they at least. He he does well with some of the characters, like Sophie and Nancy to a certain extent and Tony to a certain extent do sort of take to him a bit more. It's only really Mark and Jez just because he's such a juxtaposition to what they're like, who whose skin he gets under.
0: Yeah, I think the thing with Gwyn is that he's kind of... I would say that there's not really that much there to him. He kind of just fits a, a stereotype. Like, I... When, when I think of Gwyn I think of the the second in-betweeners movie where they go to Australia oh my and god all yes those, like yeah. backpackers and they're all chatting about how they went trekking in Peru and you know how it was such a, oh it was such an amazing experience the whole village had to use their medicine on me but I could just I can imagine Gwyn coming out with things like that and it's like oh yeah it's sexual energy but actually I've inherited this amazing lake house from my parents and actually I'm just like a complete bullshitter but I've just just so happen to, like, land myself in, uh, you know, grand circumstance where I don't have to put any effort in. Like, he's, he's just exactly like, Jez would be like Gwyn. If Jez had inherited that lake house and a load of money, like, that would be Jez. And we would probably hate Jez for it, but Gwyn, it's a one-off kind of, yeah, he kind of serves his purpose but not even, like, I wouldn't say it's particularly interesting, like, what Gwyn does. He's quite an interesting foil, I guess, for Jeremy as a one-off but um, I don't really see, like, all that much there, to be honest.
1: No, and I suppose that's the same with all of these, is the nature of them being a one-episode character, is that they're I not... Think the,
0: the thing with these one-off characters, though, is that some of them it's whether, you like, ultimately whether you'd want to see more of them or whether you feel like they, they're just sort of one and done. And I think Gwyn definitely is a one and done. Whereas someone like Callie, as I mentioned earlier, I would definitely want to see more of her. Same with, you know, Mark and Jess's parents. Um, whereas the Saz's and the Lucy's and the Gwyn's that you're mentioning are up more than happy just to, like, to never see them again. Like they're fine, They they do their bit
1: um but that that's enough from them (laughs) we move on yeah and yeah and ultimately the majority of the people on the list aren't worthy of um more more than the screen time that they get i think that's that's the nature of a sitcom isn't it you have characters that come and go you have characters that have an impact that you want to see more of uh you you have characters that you think they've had a massive impact on i wouldn't i wouldn't want to see more of daryl but I enjoy the impact that he had on the plot whilst he was there. I think too much more of him, because of the nature of his character and his uh, politics and stuff, we wouldn't have been... That wouldn't have been funny if you'd carried it on for any further, because the the humour wasn't the fact that he was a Nazi, the humour was the fact that Mark didn't realise he was a Nazi, and the one friend Mark's managed to make in a long time turns out to be a nut job.
0: Yeah, I think the thing with Daryl, though... I mean, that episode covers so much. I think you could definitely stretch Daryl out over another episode at least because there's quite a lot there to unpack. But I do think they do an excellent job of pacing in that episode where, I say, they kind of peel back the onion and you, you discover all these strange and quite dark layers to his personality and all his beliefs and stuff. Um, so I think they could have done that, but I think they made an absolutely incredible episode by somehow fitting him and gog two of the i think generally perceived to be you know that the two of the best one episode characters in the same episode is really some achievement so fair play to sam and jesse um i think yeah they they do their bit and then it's kind of one and done because by the end of it there's no way that mark is going to still be friends with daryl so we kind of have to leave him um but i i think we could have had a very enjoyable second episode with daryl
1: I just don't know whether it stops being funny unless you dragged that plot over two episodes and stretched out the mark finding out that he was um, a fascist. Then I don't think once he knows that he's a fascist, like he can't have a whole episode of just trying to avoid him, which is what he needs to do. I just don't think that there's any humour then in having an obviously racist person without really a role to play.
0: I suppose what you could do is you could have the first episode where they become friends and it's all wonderful and then maybe at the end of that episode there's just something slightly odd about him where he maybe makes that his first like strange remark and then over the course of a second episode he just like fully degenerates but I I agree I think it works better having it all in one I'm just surprised that you know Sam and Jesse manage to put so much in that one episode but like as i mentioned before like that's why it's one of my favorite episodes of all time is because it's so well put together and we get so much of that character in one so i think daryl would probably lose lose some impact have had he been in another episode um but i think they they easily could have done i imagine it could have been quite tempting to to do that because he's then An interesting character to work with i'll say that much (laughs) but they they do the right thing definitely
1: yeah and i think like like i said you couldn't you could and you've sort of touched on it you could stretch his storyline out of two episodes but i don't think to have a second episode following on from what he's just done i don't think you could really carry him on um but i i i think we we've we've definitely got our our four we've got daryl and gog for quite similar reasons uh, and then uh, Jackie and Dan Corrigan as our as our parents who've sort of had the biggest impact. And then uh, yeah, I think I think the one F episode characters have such a good. A lot of them have such a good impact on it. And I feel like more so than in a lot of sitcoms, like. There are a lot more, and I suppose it's just the longevity of the show, isn't it? That means there are going to be more one-off characters in the show. Like when you compare it to something like The Office or uh, Faulty Towers or those sorts of shows, you like you you haven't got as many opportunities to have as one one episode characters because there just aren't as many episodes to have it. But even a lot of the Channel Four sitcoms tend to be quite like centric. Like I'm thinking like the other big. Um, sam and jesse production is is fresh meat and that's very centric on the characters that live in the flat and like their immediate circle there aren't many one episode yeah. characters that come in and out of that
0: no i agree and i think i think that's sort of where the part of the the beauty of Peep lies is that sam and jesse managed to create so many of, of these one-off characters that come in like you say that actually when you really add them up there's enough i mean you said you had about 2025 20, that's nearly enough to be like half of the episodes of peep show where you've got at least like one like interesting character who gets thrown into the mix and whether you like them or not is up for debate or whatever but they they leave their mark definitely whether it's a a daryl and gog who are a real sort of one-two punch that make us sort of truly like all-time classic or you know the kid looking for kenny (laughs) breaking into the flat is is an equally you know is, is a great episode um so yeah they they really know how to make all these weird and wonderful and different characters um and i think yeah that's some of the magic definitely of peep show
1: yeah that's why we're we're doing
0: a podcast on it yeah I think it's it's part of the reason why this is a good topic to do this on. Um, yeah, shout out to Jason who suggested it because I think it's uh it's an easy one to talk about because there's such a sort of rich um tapestry to kind of of all these characters um that yeah, it's we 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 could talk all day about it if we really wanted to, but it's it's fun to pick out our favorites.
1: Yeah, absolutely. And I think if if you're listening to this and you want to get in touch with us, you might have not been a listener or a follower when we did the, the World Cup of one-off characters. So if you want to let us know who your favourite was, whether it's one that we've talked about or whether it's one that we haven't, um, maybe it's one that I've missed off my list entirely. If there's somebody you want to, to give an honourable mention to, then uh, hit us up on on Patreon, send us a little message if you want to shout us out and send us a message on on Instagram. You can find us at Podcast Six of the Pharaohs. If you want to send us a message on Twitter, you can find us at Podcast Pharaohs or on Facebook. I know some of you prefer Facebook sending us a message just by searching for our page. Um, and yeah, I think I think it's a good point to, to wrap it up. So uh, thank you for listening, everybody. And uh, thank you for joining me, Tom. Goodbye.